sudden feeling of restlessness breathlessness feeling something's happening to me feeling a sense of choking butterflies in stomach perspiration sudden episodes could be before an examination could be in a mall could be at some height could be when i hurt something and i fear the worst today we talk about panic attacks and panic disorder this is the mind pot conversations on mental health brought to you by my upchar and the fortis national mental health program i'm dr samir parik i'm a psychiatrist and to help us understand learn about panic disorder panic attacks our colleagues from fortis bangalore dr venkatesh babu who's a psychiatrist and akansha pandey who's a clinical psychologist Akansha, starting with you here. So, so, so many people come to us uh, and talk about their experiences when they had an episode of panic. Tell us some of the common experiences that you've had in your clinical practice where people have shared their panic. So, most of the people who come to us, they often present it as panic attack coming out of a blue. As in, they were just... sitting they were in a meeting or they were traveling by air they were in a particular situation and they all of a sudden experienced certain physical symptoms like palpitations where the heart rate was increased breathlessness shivering trembling in the body extreme nervousness as if something is about to go wrong something is going to go bad and that leads to difficulty in focus or attention in that moment they feel extremely panicked restless and that's how basically they come to the emergency or to the hospital feeling that something is going wrong they are getting a heart attack or something is really not okay with the body so this is how they normally come to us with but eventually what we also see is that it's not just that particular experience that uh, bothers them it is also the fear of recurrence of those episodes again and again which keeps them completely occupied with those that particular anxiety experience they have a fear that what if this happens again which leads to avoidance of a lot of situation for example they would not want to go into the flight again they would not want to be in a you know office meeting again fearing that what if this happens again to me so it leads to a lot of avoidance as well but what troubles them the most is that particular rush of symptoms they had in that moment especially the physical symptoms which makes it very unbearable to them and which makes it a very feared response leading to a lot of avoidance yes interesting that you say that most people actually go to medical emergencies and take the cardiac route and when they are told there is nothing eventually they end up reaching a mental health practitioner coming to you venkatesh on this uh, uh, akansha touched a bit about what was panic disorder as well split this for us tell us what is a panic attack and how does it feel to have one and then how does a panic attack become a panic disorder so if you can help us understand that i guess um for the scope of our audience to understand i would love to tell a story here how to understand panic attacks uh it's very essential to understand the normal fear response if you have to understand the panic attack i have my own story where i say there are four steps in a normal panic attack as a normal fear response let's say i witness a snake that's my brain identifying a snake once it identifies the snake that's one two it concludes that this is a threat to me this is going to kill me once my brain concludes there is a threat it makes a communication to my body that the threat alarm system has to be active that's called activation of hormones 
in this sense it's epinephrine or epinephrine the autonomic nervous system i'm speaking of and step four it prepares the body to deal with the threat now these are the four steps identifying the snake concluding a threat sending a message thereby activating the hormone and the physiological change the body goes through palpitations heaviness in breathing sweating fearfulness not able to see properly all the whole range of symptoms the wonderful thing with panic attack is it for some reason these hormones is triggered off by itself and that is step 3 there is no snake there is no conclusion of a threat a direct trigger of the hormone that is the hormone is active now the body is bombarded with hormones so it is making you go through this physiological changes of all the whole range of symptoms what we call it as a fight or a flight response that is i run away from the snake or i kill the snake now for the for the first time when it happens for some unexplained reason this hormones are bombarded the body is going through this physiological rush the brain is perplexed it is now it is asking a question what is the threat because it knows one thing this experience is only in consequence to a threat now the brain is perplexed now it is seeking a threat it is searching the snake now as long as it keeps searching the snake do we find a snake no here the brain is the this hormonal rush is is a response to an imaginary snake that's exactly what it is and what akansha was touching upon as anticipatory anxiety is when this experience happen let's say couple of times eventually the brain is designed to safeguard us that means the brain will understand whatever the snake or whatever the threat is i am not able to identify it let me protect this body in some other other means that's where it is preparing you now let me safeguard myself before this happens that's called as anticipatory anxiety so in the example what i gave you the initial hormonal dysregulation is biological phenomenon it's coming somewhere within the body some kind of brain or a hormonal or endocrinological disturbance or a phenomenon which can happen in a whole range of disorders which i will mention in a short while and the second phenomenon that is anticipatory anxiety is a psychological response of the human brain to safeguard one's own self and this is what happens so that's where you start avoiding crowded places lifts close places or places where you may be all alone and you can't seek help you start running away or avoiding all these places because not that you want to stop the panic attack you want, not that you want to solve the panic attack but you want to stop you want to stop the panic attack from happening in the first place at least that thing because it's unpleasant full you want to be away from that now coming down to your second question whole range of medical conditions do present with panic attacks not just panic disorders hypertension can present as panic attacks diabetes can present as panic attacks hormonal disturbances insulin treatment initiation okay drug intoxication or use of psychostimulants or mdmas or any drug withdrawal phenomenon or a myocardial infarction whole range of conditions can present as panic attacks which are medical conditions with also within the psychiatric conditions depression anxiety disorders ocd everything can present with panic attacks when somebody having panic attack when a panic attack only no other medical condition again and again maybe four or more in a given month that's when we conclude it as a panic disorder rather than just a plain panic attack that's where the transition of panic disorder comes in and when these experiences are so overwhelming that is it, it starts impairing your biopsychosocial functioning 
that's your work productivity your self care your family responsibilities that's when we conclude it's it's of clinical significance it's a disorder let's say panic disorder here and that's where the de- demarcation is now we need to seek a clinical help in order to handle this that's where we see that so the same story explains that there is a biological component there is a psychological component and we have to address both components if we have to really solve this and would it be right to say that typically panic attacks have a bell shaped kind of a graph where they will come gradually build up and typically are self remitting i think uh, very much right usually the standard description is uh, it comes out of blue overwhelming and standard tenure is 10 minutes that's what they say and what i addressed as anticipatory anxiety it's more of a free floating anxiety which presents throughout the day but panic attacks are sudden bouts they happen in episodes i think uh, uh two to three in every 10 patients visiting cardiology or a health check are largely people who are motivated to seek help because they are having through panic attacks and they believe it seems to be some cardiological phenomenon and uh, a ho- huge number of our cardiology colleagues uh, do end up sending those patients to provide a uh, mental health support for these patients so uh, what are the causes here what what are the root causes behind panic attacks as i briefly touched upon there is certain central nervous system and peripheral nervous system factors here uh, autonomic nervous system as i spoke of hyper uh, so increased sympathetic activity hyperglycemic states can also lead to this so these adrenergic and noradrenergic systems do play a strong role in initiating or perpetu- precipitating these panic attacks so those will be the biological factors right yeah yeah and then psychosocial factors also vegetation Yes so now a typical pan- i think uh, it is fair to describe a typical uh, i have i keep witnessing these patients these patients who have panic attack there are occasions where they walk in just like a patient with a potential cardiac arrest or a myocardial infarction or commonly told as heart attack they walk into an ambulance all the way into the emergency after through the investigation it's been concluded that the ecg or eco or everything is normal that means the intensity of the distress is as significant as everybody else and the threat perceived is as great as a myocardial infarction that means the person is extremely distressed now these people uh once it's known that there is nothing alarming or nothing life threatening on a biological front that's where they end up Uh, coming to us but so it's practically not possible to deduct in the first place because it's a threat experienced so for the biological correction you will typically use medicines both as an acute and as a permanent uh, correction is that how it works so in order to stop the panic attacks from happening we need to introduce medicines regulating this central nervous system activity or the autonomic nervous system activity but experience lies with the person now in order to deal with the experience because experience translates to further future understandings i had a let's say i had a panic attack boarding a flight now this i have seen people lead, heading the companies for 12 months they are grounded these guys are extremely busy running around country to country they are grounded for 12 months because a flight tur- turbulence natural to have a panic attack experience and so 
Now comes the psychological workup behind that. Now, how does this person respond to this experience? Because with medicine, I can stop the panic attacks. But how do what do I do with the experience? Now, that's that psychological unraveling of that experience, faulty generalization to be prevented. It requires a very strong psychological management. So they need an answer. They need an approach. And this is the long-term approach because eventually they, most of these patients go off medicines, most of them. But with the right psychological understanding and the psychological support, they do away with the medicines more effectively and more quickly. So before I come to Akansha on this, what you said was that there is a clear-cut biological component involved in uh, panic disorder and medical intervention is very useful, but it's relatively short-term. Most people get off medications and the key here is the psychosocial changes that they go through with the help of an expert. Uh, so coming to you, Akansha, on that, tell us about the psychosocial interventions that you do for the treatment of panic disorder. So when we look at the psychosocial intervention, we first try to understand where is this coming out of. So is it a learned behavior? For example, is it something which has been modeled right from the childhood? Or is it a conditioned response? For example, if somebody there was somebody who was who has a fear of lift. Now over the understanding of the whole issue, we understood that maybe the, the person felt that, you know, when I was drowning into the swimming pool when I was a child, I felt I'm all boxed. I felt there is no way out of this. So this person anytime is in any situation where he feels boxed or all covered around him, gets that fear again. So is it a conditioned behavior or are there cognitive errors which are promoting this kind of a behavior, for example, generalizing. So I travel in bus every day. One day I have a panic attack and I'm now generalizing that every day it's going to be the same, right? Or uh, is it maximizing or minimizing? Every day I travel in the bus. One day I had a panic attack. I'm only maximizing on that experiencing and not taking care of the other days when I had a good time as well in the bus. So these cognitive errors can also be the cause to the development of panic attacks or recurrence of panic attacks rather I would say. Now the treatment will also focus on to these areas. If it is a learned behavior using the behavioral therapies we can help the person unlearn them by also training them into certain uh, relaxation skills and if it is a cognitive error then we can use cognitive behavioral strategies to work on building up the restructured cognitive patterns where they are using more realistic explanation to their experiences rather than jumping onto a conclusion about it had it being a heart attack or it's going to always happen like this so leading to permanent avoidance so overall we try to uh, look at the intervention using the cognitive behavioral strategies working on to the cognitive patterns building up certain behavioral strategies to unlearn those processes and relax themselves we can also use a lot of mindfulness based strategies as it helps us to be in the right moment so that we don't just completely get carried away by our thoughts Positive psychology strategies for helping up building up a better optimistic outlook towards a particular experience. Combin combination of all of this gives us a good relief with the panic attacks or panic disorder. And Akansha, would there be role of relaxation, guided imagery? Uh, what about uh, virtual reality uh, stimulation with psychotherapy? It, it definitely helps a lot any sort of relaxation because you were talking about that you bell-shaped curve that happens in the panic anxiety so of course using the relaxation skills or even the virtual mode of any sort of relaxation training can help in understanding the whole play out of that bell-shaped curve where we try to explain the person that you know in the beginning the anxiety is going to be building up and the moment they are able to visualize their curve 
that yes the anxiety is going up and they try to neutralize their narrative about the anxiety the moment they say oh my god it's anxiety or turning it into okay it looks like an anxiety attack and i think i can deal with it so the whole change of narrative can actually make the person get in control of that situation and that's where we bring in the role of breathing exercises or mindfulness based meditation all of these can really help out and virtual therapy yes it is very much into the trend these days and it seems to be helping people as well because it makes them have that exposure to that particular stimulus in a more safe environment so they can absolutely learn to find better ways to deal with the feared stimulus rather than using the learned approaches Yes, uh, when today's question comes to my mind, let's see if I have panic attacks, panic disorder. Are there certain uh, there are certain do's and do nots for me? I should not be eating this or doing this or doing that. Anything, any checklist uh, that you can uh, offer me that I should be more careful with? I think it's such a pertinent question in the especially for the times what we're in because one celebrity heart attacks nowadays. now these are trigger phenomenon for the large population in general now everybody are young young succumbing to heart attacks now these are conditioning phenomenon number 2 we have a whole new young generations who are primed towards fitness and uh, workouts and regimes now they are very cautious and very aware number 3 we have a whole range of gadgets and devices which are giving you real time data about what's your heart rate what's your uh, sleep patterns uh, how well you are doing on uh, fitness parameters uh, besides the instagram and the body image things so now these are priming you driving you conditioning you in a particular approach now i'm not surprised we would be seeing if you look into the statistic 20 to 25% of health checks would be a sec- consequence to panic attack experiences especially the young ones who are seeking these health checks so it's important to access the right data work on as akansha mentioned relaxation approaches besides your treadmill cardiac all these things identify the anxiety at any place or any suspicion seek a con- uh, physician consult to understand your cardiac status is up and doing well i think besides uh, mental support okay is any any dietary uh... I think caffeine is a known thing. Caffeine, as I just report, uh, the causes, drug use, known to cause alcohol, MDMA's, caffeine. All these are brain stimulants in in order to so these increase the autonomic activity. So thereby increase worsens the uh, phenomenon. And uh, besides these, uh, sleep disruptions can also lead to panic attacks. uh it's very much important to understand that good sleep correction is a very strong uh, self regulatory phenomenon for autonomic nervous system uh, uh and uh, 30 minutes cardiac activity itself will keep you primed towards this phenomenon so a simple physical workout 30 minutes all these are reduced actually where one can uh, try to keep a cardiac status and a mental hygiene in the right place So your advice to people here before we wind this conversation: somebody who's had a panic symptom, they feel that it could be cardiac. What do I do? Uh, first question: If these are happening on a uh, regular basis, see your GP. Uh, it uh, the opinion gives you a clarity, but m- more often than not, people. 
stop to uh, pe people don't want to just say that oh there is nothing then why am i experiencing so don't stop at the gp mm -hmm. then follow it up with a mental health expert because if the gp says your cardiac status is safe but you are having the distress that means you need help but the distress is not structural that is not cardiac it's functional it's coming out of your brain your nervous system and the uh, the human mind so you do need help so a visit to gp would make your life safe a visit to a mental ex expert would make your distress disappear and your uh, mental health safe yes i think that's a very very important advice good old simple life talk to your gp talk to your family physician your family physician is the best person would be able to tell you could this be physical yes go ahead and do the cardiac workups could it be and if you are given the information this is not physical that means there is something there but not physical this could be an anxiety disorder like panic disorder we'll continue these conversations in the upcoming episodes as well today we learned about panic disorder and panic attacks with dr venkatesh babu psychiatrist and akanksha pandey clinical psychologist you were listening to the mind pod conversations on mental health brought to you by myopchar and the fortis national mental health program stay tuned thank you and take care